Branding Badass, and welcome to Season 2 of Branding Matters. Today I have two special guests, and even though they live on the other side of the country, they are both near and dear to my heart. Their names are Max Mackay and his beautiful wife, Tracy, who also happens to be my baby sister, and I'm so thrilled to have them here today. Max and Tracy are the co-founders of Cozy Cottages, a thriving five-star vacation home rental company that they built from scratch, and I mean that literally. Tracy is one of the hardest working people I know. Never one to sit still, she's run several successful businesses, simultaneously I might add, all while being a mom to two amazing teenagers. Max, her Kiwi partner in business and in life, is equally entrepreneurial. Not only is he the co-founder of Cozy Cottages, he's also the CEO of Top Notch Rentals, a thriving renovations company in Montreal. I invited this power couple to be guests on my show today to talk about their Cozy Cottages brand. I wanted to learn what their secret to success is, and I was curious to hear how the pandemic has affected their business as well as the cottage industry. Max, Tracy, welcome to Branding Matters. Thanks for having us, Joe. Thank you. Honestly, guys, it's so nice having you. It's been long overdue. I mean, we've had all the other Goodsons on, so now we just have to get Bubby on. (laughs) Well, they say best for last, so I'd say that's me so far. (laughs) Mom comes on then, yeah. Yeah. Before we get into your brand story, because there's lots to cover, and it's a really interesting, exciting topic, I want to talk a little bit more about the two of you, because I think you have a great story. Can you share a little bit about how you met Max? Why don't you start and tell us how you met my baby sister? Tracy. I was actually working at a club in uh, Corfu in Greece and uh, I was the jet ski instructor and from memory one of her friends came up and asked uh, if I'd like to have drinks with them one evening and I thought oh sounds great and that's pretty much the day we met right there and then. And how many years ago was that? 700. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share where you're from? I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. So what brought you to Greece? Why'd you go to Greece? Uh, Buddy and I were just traveling the world, really. We'd been all over Europe. And uh, when we arrived in Greece, it's the point where we'd actually run out of money completely. And we were camping in the field beside the hotel. And we approached the owner and said, do you have any work? And he said, well, not right now, but I will in two weeks. So we uh, camped in the field beside the hotel for two weeks, ate oranges and got a job. And then your sister showed up. That's awesome. Okay, Trace, you can give your version. From my memory, I had approached him in the hallway. It's hard to explain, but the pool was in the back of the hotel and the ocean was in the front and it was a windy day so no one was hanging out at the ocean everyone was at the pool and uh, I couldn't get my eyes off him all afternoon and then as we ran into each other walking through the hallway I said would you like to join us for happy hour on the front deck and he said sure and then later on there was a situation where our friend Graham another Kiwi who we had met in Paris, who we ran into again on Corfu, who had hooked up with the girl I was traveling with. I had mentioned I was interested in Max. And he says, oh, I know Max. He says, I'll invite him for drinks. So that was another occasion as well. And the rest is history. So how many years ago was that? 1988. 88. Yeah. 88. So wow. 80, what? <laughs> I'm not good at math. But 1988. Do your own math. <laughs> I'm not good at math either. So, okay, a long time ago, almost 700 years ago. So, yeah. fast forward, now you're both in Quebec and married. So another great story. I love this story, Max. So then you finally asked Tracy to marry you. Can you tell that story about when you asked my dad to marry my sister, how that went down? 
Oh, well, I was uh, incredibly nervous about it. We went into the basement. I was helping him run, muck about down there and do some stuff. And uh, I thought, well, this is probably the best opportunity to ask him. And uh, he never really stopped. I, I said, can I, can I speak to you? And he didn't stop what he was doing. So I thought, well, I'll just go for it. And I said, listen, Jack, a uh, bit of an old fashioned guy. I said, I'd like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. And he just looked up really quickly and said, you're joking, right? <laughs> I was like, but no, I, okay. That was that. Well, and keep in mind too, I mean, I think my dad was at first, before he knew you, pretty judgmental. And then when he got to know you, like all of us, he fell in love with you. You know what, Jolie? I think though that you have to look at the situation specifically because I know Max, if Max, well, I don't, I'm going to speak for you here. If the same situation were to happen now with our daughter, Finley, a guy in Max's situation at that time who really didn't have any employment, who was living, you know, day to day, asked for Finley's hand in marriage, I'm sure Max would say, I How would you say, Max? And, uh, get out of here. There'll be a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, all so, parents are like that, right? Exactly. So I think we both understand, even more so now that we're parents, why dad reacted the way that he did. But I know that both of them loved Max and both of them thought he was a great guy. I think it was just, dad was just wanting to make sure that he had the ambition and potential that I saw in him. I mean, I was confident that I knew the kind of guy that Max is and was going to be. And then dad eventually saw it and knew that I was 100% right and grew to love him and respect him as a husband. And it's unfortunate he never got to see him as a father, but. Well, that's a great, great story and perfect segue into what's going on now in your world, because you're both very successful with your business, Cozy Cottages. And that's why I'm happy to have you here. So before we dive into your brand, Tracy, what did you study in university? I don't even know this. At first I studied film. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into film production and I went to York University in Toronto for a year And I loved film. I loved it. And I had a teacher who one day in class said, if you're working in film, you're going to work as a gopher. If you're lucky, you'll get a job as a gopher. And then she said, and if you're a woman in film, good luck with that. And that was sort of like, you know, I like film, but I don't know if I like it that much. Max was living in Montreal at the time. And I thought, you know what? Don't like Toronto. I'm going to go back to Montreal. And then I'm enrolled in creative writing. And then I did creative writing at Concordia. And that's what I ended up getting my degree in. And then I was working in writing after that. I worked in radio. I was a copywriter. And then I worked in advertising. And my background was doing advertising and marketing. And Matt, what about you? Did you go to university or what was, what did you? you I went to the University of Life. Which is very educational. Did you ever think about or know what you wanted to do when you grew up? No. Well, What did your dad do? My dad was a barber. Oh, yeah? Okay. And And I never wanted to do that. Right. Is that why you went traveling? Because you weren't sure and you want to kind of figure it out? You know, I was a young man at the time. I was 20 years old and I wanted to see the world and open some options and just discover the world and myself and then fall into something that worked for me. Well, traveling is the best education. I mean, we've all, all three of us have done it and I highly encourage my kids to do it too. Hopefully the world will get to a place where they can. But yeah, I, I totally yeah, agree with you. Yeah. Best experience. Okay. So then fast forward. So what inspired you guys? to get into the cottage rental business and to do it together. I always loved the outdoors and Max and I, every, you know, our weekends were spent going to the mountain, going for hikes, going up north, camping. We loved the outdoors. We loved being up north. And at the time we were both living, we were living together downtown, right? Smack downtown in the city. And I'd (laughs) finished school and 
I was starting to work Monday to Friday and I had my weekends free, but the downtown core was still really loud at night. And Max and I were like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay in the city? Are we going to move to the West Island to, you know, to suburbia? And then one weekend we went up north, we stayed at a B&B and one day it was raining and we pulled out a real estate magazine and we said, wow, you know what? Our rent is really cheap in the city. We can afford the apartment in the city, which was amazing and a cottage up north. And so we bought our cottage, which was very inexpensive at the time. So we kept the place in the city and we were up north every weekend. So it was really the best of both worlds. And that's how we got into cottage life. And then fast forward, I'm going to say maybe four years. And we were renting out the cottage once in a while to friends. And then more and more people would ask us. They thought it was a great little spot. And we were kind of like, well, okay, we want to use it. And then Cottage a few doors over came up for sale and didn't even occur to us. And then we had friends up one weekend and they said, hey, why don't we buy it and start renting? And these were friends of ours who lived in another province. They just came in for the weekend and they had money. He was a doctor. And so he helped finance getting going and we did the work. So we put in the, put in the like, we did the sweat equity and they put up the funds. We bought our first cottage. And then before we knew it, one turned into two, turned into three, turned into four. Um, and then it was great. And we had a lot of people who just kept renting with this. It really fell into our lap that way. Yeah. So you talked about your sweat equity. I mean, Max, what was your experience as far as renovations goes? Because, you know, now you're super successful. Did you always have that experience or how did you learn how to do the renovations? Honestly, most of it came from my dad building go-karts in the garage and forts in the bush back in New Zealand. You know, I always really loved the idea of taking something, a pile of wood and creating something that was functional and cool. And so when this came up, it was just natural for me to to get on with it. So you're kind of self-taught in a sense? Everything. Yeah, I mean, there's the internet nowadays and you follow codes and so on and so forth yeah. and tricks and tips and so on. But generally when I started out, I, you know, my dad taught me how to swing a hammer. That's great. Okay. So then what about getting in business together? Because you hear a lot of horror stories about husbands. I mean, there's a lot of success stories too, but husbands and wives who decide to get into business together. I mean, was it intentional? Like we're going to do this together or did one of you take the lead or how did that come about? Well, well, it is hellish. Well, I was going to say, we've been divorced and remarried most of five times. No, I'm just joking. You know what, Jolie, is I'm very, very fortunate to, I'm very good at what I do. I take care of the making sure things function, making sure things get uh, repaired, uh, the extensions, the renovations, the carry on. I'm very good at that part of the business. Tracy's exceptionally good at managing the money and the design and making sure I don't get out of, out of control with my, my renovations and, and so on. So the partnership works very, very well. That's great. That's great. We talked a little bit about dad earlier, Trace. So what would you say has been the best advice that you got from dad as far as business goes? Did you ever work for dad? I know I had Anna and Scott on in previous episodes, and both of them said they spent some time working for dad. I think I actually worked for dad maybe one summer, but did you ever work for dad? I did. I stuffed envelope and put stamps on things. I mean, oh, I did you? Going. Oh, yeah, it was hellish. I remember going and he had this stamp machine. You had to put it in and push the button and then <laughs> stuff the envelope. And, you know, you had to lick things. And then it was just brutal. But, you know, you asked me what I learned. I have to say I learned a lot from dad. But I think one of the biggest things was to never compromise quality. Dad was such a fanatical that it was done properly. You know, he didn't just get it done. If he was going to do something, he was going to do it right. And I think that was a valuable lesson that I took away from him. And I think that that's been something that I've carried through 
in all of the ventures that I've done, especially with the cottages, right? I mean, because you want people to be happy. And so many times you're confronted with situations where people are asking you to make compromises on things and you have to stay true to your guns. You know, you have to say, no, this is the strategy. This is the plan. This is who we are. And I'm not going to compromise because of, I'll give you an example. Everybody said to me last year with COVID, oh my God, you should totally raise your prices. Oh, you should totally raise your prices. You can get so much money. And yeah, I I think I agreed to an an extent, like I was willing to raise the prices a reasonable amount that were reflective of- In line of the market. Yeah, but I didn't want to be like, obscene about it i didn't want to like please people take advantage yeah like i just thought that no this is what we offer i can't all of a sudden charge three times the amount for something last year i was charging half the amount i mean yes there's supply and demand i'm not going to i mean of course that's how businesses run right but at the same time i have a lot of repeat customers how do i say to someone who paid 1500 a week before now all of a sudden it's 2500 like i just i couldn't do that and i wasn't willing to compromise the client that we have. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I think I think you're right. Dad taught me the same thing too as well. And he would sometimes it was uncomfortable and he pushed us out of our comfort zone. I think a lot growing up, right? And forcing us to do things. But I, I think it was great lessons. What about you, Max? You talked about your dad and you said, you know, he taught you how to swing a hammer. Would you say there's any other things that you I know your father died when you were how old were you? you were 18 when your dad died? Yeah, I think it was 20 when he So, I mean, it might be, you might've been young, but can you think of anything off the top of your head that was really imprinted in you that your dad taught you? Well, my dad really just installed for me, which I carry close today is honor and honesty and trust. And you say you're going to do something, do it. There's so much lip work out there by so many people today and you hear it and it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why you're speaking if you can't stand by your guns and do what you say. And that's really most of what he's taught me is, is just, if you're going to say that, do it. Yeah. For him. That's you great know, advice. Business, I mean, I never really got a chance to get into business with my fam, with my father because, you know, I was 20 years old. I was <laughs> running a surfboard and living at the beach and just having fun in life. I wasn't ready to grow up enough to get into business and I just didn't get that chance. But he certainly taught me the core of decency in this world. That's for sure. And one thing, if I can just say, one thing that my husband has, well, I think we both have it, but more so Max, is he has a really strong work ethic. You know, when he came here to be able to stay here, he was washing dishes. You know, nothing was beneath him. He had a very strong work ethic and you got to wash dishes to make money. You wash dishes to hey, make money. I was making a huge amount of money. I was making $2.80 an hour. <laughs> Well, well you know what I mean? absolutely, absolutely. Work ethic and Max has yeah. a pretty strong work ethic, which is really important. And I think our son has that. And I have that. My daughter, mm, she's <laughs> but, um, Just I think, get it done. yeah, you know, but I think that's something to be taught. So maybe Max doesn't recognize, but I think that's definitely something that he learned from his father. Those are all great. And I agree with you. And absolutely. And you can see that. And the proof is in the pudding. Okay. So let's talk about your brand. So first of all, Cozy Cottages. So how'd you, who came up with the name and how'd you come up with it? That's what we were offering. That's what we wanted people to, to know that that's what we did. They were cozy. They're not these city houses built in the country. 
You know, they're not like these cold, stark homes. It's cozy. We want people to come in and light a fire and sit on the couch and enjoy the environment. So that's pretty much that's where the name came from. So then you decided to name each of your cottages. Every time you had one, you would name it. So your main one is your first one. And that's the one that you live in when you're up there. And then when you're not there, you rent it out. Can you share about the name of your firstborn cottage and who came up with it? And how did you come up with it? Okay. Uh... <laughs> and you can swear on this podcast because it's for us. Oh, adults. again? Oh, yeah. well, that was my concern. Yeah. So the, the cottage, we call it Aftica, stands for another fucking thing I can't afford. <laughs> right. That's essentially it. As how it came about, I don't really recall where it came from. I think Tracy may have come up with it. Trace, do you remember? Else. Yeah, actually, I do. I remember having a conversation with my boss at the time when I was working in radio and we were talking about it. And I think he was part of the conversation where we came up with the name. I love it. You have signs, right? All your yeah. cottages are branded and you have the signs up front and so Aftica and it's A-F-T-I-C-A and so people are like what's Aftica and then whenever I tell them everybody loves it it's so powerful and it's strong and because I think a lot of people can relate but it's also a fun way to brand yourself what motivated you to decide to name all your cottages well it just made it easier online when people were wanting to book instead of a number which I'm not going to remember and you know the the red house well I got two red houses so which red house do you want Yeah. so it was just easier to personalize it and give it a personal touch and I wanted it to be something that was provocative in the sense where people would say, hey, what does that mean? Or creates a conversation. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to brand yourself. Perfect segue into my question to you is, you know, there's so many cottages, though, especially if you go up north, that I think is one great way that you differentiate yourself from all your competition. What are some other ways that you would say you guys do differently that sets you apart and has made you so successful? What you see is what you get. And in many instances, what you see is not what you get when you rent cottages or you go to a rental or whatever the case may be. When you get there, everything works. Everything's been renovated. It's very clean. It's very tidy. It's what you expected from the internet. You're not walking into something where, oh, now this doesn't work. And oh, this is, well, this must be an old picture because now it looks like this and so on and so forth. So staying very current was very important to us and keeping them up to a very high standard was very important to us. I find, I hear from a lot of people that that's often not the case when they rent properties. And for us, that's an important feature in our branding. And no surprises, right? Like you said, they get exactly what they see. Tracy, do you want to add to that? So you have to understand, right, when you talk about rental companies, so there's a lot of companies out there who rent, but I guess the difference between us and others is that we own a lot of the properties or they belong to friends of ours. And so we care about the comfort and the experience. It's not like, I'll give you an example. If you look at like an Airbnb, they don't own it. They're a vehicle for people who are renting, okay? So you have these mass businesses who don't have an attachment, right? And there are a lot of other places who rent, but there's no personal investment in those properties. We are personally invested in a majority of the properties or friends of ours own them. And so we're very thoughtful of them and we're very careful with who we rent to. And so there's more personalization in them because the fact that we do own them. Getting back to what I was saying to you before is, we're consistent with how we rent them out. We're cautious of who we rent to. We don't rent to large groups. We don't rent to parties. We don't rent to kids. You're not allowed to smoke. You want to smoke, you have to go out the road. You have to be respectful of families because there's a lot of families who rent and they don't want someone smoking next door or they don't want a group of teenagers throwing a big party till three o'clock in the morning. So we're very careful about who we rent to and we're respectful. And a lot of people that come to us actually come to us because of the rules that we have and the restrictions that we have and that we are vigilant with who we rent to. 
Everybody else, their concern is making money. Our concern is making sure that the right property is for the right group and that they meet our terms. We also want to be respectful of the people next door. That's another thing that our renters love is that when they come up and we say that it's going to be a quiet environment, they know that it's going to be a quiet environment. They don't have to worry about showing up for a week and then there's 20 people next door partying. It's that old (laughs) adage, one bad apple ruins the barrel. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then it goes back to your branding. What makes one brand successful or another is trust, right? And instilling trust because people make decisions based on companies that they connect with and that they trust. And by building trust, you're doing that by, like you said, not having any surprises, whatever you're promoting your marketing online or however you're doing your marketing, when people see that and then they go to the actual cottages, there's no surprises there. So you're building trust. And I think that's one of the ways that you get your repeat business. We've had people renting with this for 10, 15 years. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing because the best kind of branding is when you turn new people into loyal clients who come back again and again. So everything that you're describing is really summing up. So how would you, if I were to say, how would you describe the Cozy Cottages brand? Well, it's really geared towards small families looking for a quiet, relaxing getaway. That's really our brand. I mean, that's who we're catering to. But that's also yeah. what you provide. It's a quiet, relaxing getaway. Well, it's the experience, right? You're selling the experience. Exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's why people keep coming back is because they know that we stand by, like I said, when we say it's a maximum of six people, they're not going to show up and there's not going to be 20 people next door. And people love that. Yeah, absolutely. If someone out there is listening and they they want to start renting out, but they don't know how to, or they're looking at getting into the rental business, what are some tips that you could offer that would help them? There's lots of do's and don'ts. I don't take care of a lot of that department, that side of the business. Tracy does it where she often gets contacted or we get contacted by people that are interested in doing it, but they have no idea how to move forward. So Tracy's offered a, a service now through her vision design company that allows people to have her take care of all that for her, set it all up, find out what the legal ramifications are for renting, what they can and they cannot do in that district and so on and so forth. So, you know, you can really get yourself in trouble if you just think you're going to open your doors and start renting. Your neighbors are going to be all over you like a dirty shirt. and You're going to end up getting fined. What would you say have been your top mistakes that if you could do it all over again, you would do differently? I would have moved to an environment with sand and sea. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is with its minus 35 outside today. But honestly, when I do look back, there's not a lot where I say I shouldn't have. There is some where I say I should have. I mean, I'm very much a little bit of a Cowboy, shoot from the hip, take a chance. I do crazy things. Learn as you go. Yeah. My wife keeps me in check or ends up managing it thereafter. I don't like to fail. That's for sure. That's really a big no-no. Yeah, but failure is part of succeeding. You can't succeed without failing. Well, it's a part of learning. Yeah. You need to fail to learn how to succeed. Exactly. So Tracy, so what about you? So Max was talking a little bit about your vision design. I mean, I mentioned in my intro that you're always running several businesses at once. You know, you talked about work ethic with Max. I think you were very similar in that way. Tell me a little bit about your vision design and what inspired you to start that. I had friends of mine who asked me to help rent their property and they had recently inherited it. So it was full of a lot of stuff and You know, when you grow up in a home that it's always been a certain way, you kind of have a hard time seeing it differently. And they asked me to come over and if I could help them rent it out. And when I walked through the door, I said, well, I'd do this. I'd move that there. I'd put the couch over here and move the table there. Make it more functioning. We got Max and I and them. We sat down. We ordered pizza and we helped them rearrange their living room. And by the end of the night, they were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We never saw that. 
And I said, well, it's hard, right? It's hard to see the forest through the trees when you're always used to looking a certain way. You can't imagine it anywhere else, any way else. So I started to do that and uh, I started to help other friends of mine do that. And then with Vision Design, I launched that about a year ago after, unfortunately, one of our properties had burned down. And all of a sudden I was project managing, I was designing, Max was doing the interior finishing. We had hired a company to build the exterior because we were on a very tight deadline. And so when the company was done, the guy was like, you know, I'm really impressed by what you do. Could I refer some business to you? And I was sort of like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> and I, even though I've been doing this for years, Funny, I never eh? kind of thought of making Monetizing it. And so I said, sure. And then so the next week I launched my website and launched the business and I've been really busy ever since. And it's wonderful because I have to tell you, I've been able to turn this passion that I've had over the past 30 years into now another business, which has been great. So as part of that, getting back to your previous question, when you talk about getting into rentals, I do income property consulting because there's so much involved in it that people don't know. You know, they think, oh, I can just, you know, post it on Airbnb, but they don't get that there's legalities, there's government regulations, there's insurance issues, there's there's just a lot that people don't seem to understand. Well, who's going to go and fix something when they call you at Christmas Eve at five o'clock? Where's your cleaning lady coming from? What if something, the balcony breaks down or whatever it might be? There are all of these things that people don't take into consideration when they want to start something like that. There's always something, always something. Yeah. You know, I love everything you just said. And one thing that stood out to me is when you talked about your passion and being able to use your passion and monetize on it. I think that's really the key. When I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of leaders on here in all different industries. And that is the common thread is, you know, it's something that they're very passionate about and they use that passion to drive their purpose. And then that's how they become successful. So money isn't the end game. The end game is doing something that they're really passionate about and then monetizing on that. And then that's how they become successful. It's funny you say that, Jolie, because I used to say it. Don't focus on making the money. Find something that you enjoy doing. Find something that you like and the money will come. But if your focus is on the money, you're just going to drive yourself crazy because then you're going to be doing stuff that maybe you don't like and then you're going to end up hating doing and then you're going to want to stop doing. So I think it's really important to make sure you're happy doing it. And I think the money will come. If you're passionate about it, if you're hardworking, it's a great idea. The money will eventually come. Yeah, I think that's great. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Max? No. No? Okay. Okay, so. <laughs> having Hang on a second. Stop. I want to interject. I want to, I want to add for him because the same thing applies to Max. See, I didn't same. need to be here. <laughs> oh, but come on, babe. It's true. The same thing totally applies to you. He got into doing the renovations, his business. He started doing it for a friend. He really enjoyed it. He was working at a company he hated. And I said, well, then quit and start doing renovations full time. He says, I can't quit. We have two young kids and we have one car. I said, then let's try it for three months. We'll get another car and we'll see how it goes. And if it grows, great, great. If it doesn't, then you go back to working back in an office again. And so he did it. And let's just say making a lot more money now than he did back then. And he's a million times happier. Yeah, it, it is. It is a really great story. You guys are honestly, I, I look up to you both so much and I have so much admiration and respect for everything that you do. There's no doubt Tracy dad would be super proud of you and of Max. And he's probably up there right now just gleaming. So I can almost guarantee that. So or wherever he is. So if people want to learn more about Cozy Cottages, if they want to look into maybe renting a cottage or they want to just learn more about the business, 
us. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? For Cozy Cottages, yeah, through our website, which is cozycottages.net with a Z, so C-O-Z-Y-C-O-T-T-A-G-E-S, plural, dot net. And if someone's looking, they want to get into maybe owning an income property, I offer the consultation through my other website, which is visiondesigntgm.com. And if someone has a property that they want to fix up, they should definitely contact Max. Especially if it's in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your website address, Max? Topnotcherinos.com. Topnotchrenos.com. Okay, great. Well, guys, I can't believe how fast the time has gone. Have that wasn't too bad, was it? No, no it wasn't that, was, that bad. It was that was a lot time. of. That was so well, fun. Was the best, right? I'm just. <laughs> so any I closing. My case. Any closing words before we sign off? I think it's great, Jill. I think you're doing a great job with your podcast, and I think they're very informative. And and I imagine with all of the variety of people that you've interviewed in so many different industries, I think people listening no matter you know where they are, can definitely get bits and pieces from each one that can help them if they're even thinking about starting a business. So I think you've done a really good job with that. And I think that's really important that you're not just focused in one area. I think, I think that's a great Well, idea. thank you. Checks in the mail. <laughs> thanks for thinking of us, yeah. Julie. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, guys. It was great. It's always good to see your faces. And we will definitely talk again soon. All right. All right. Big hugs. Bye. Love you. Bye. Right. Bye. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and maybe learned a few things to help you with your branding. But most of all, I hope you had some fun. This show is a work in progress, so please remember to rate and review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about me and what I do to help my clients with their branding, feel free to reach out to me on any of the social channels under, you guessed it, Branding Badass. Branding Matters was produced, edited, and hosted by Jolie Goodson, also me. So thanks again, and until next time, here's to all you badasses out there.